What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, with my two co-hosts, Vito Anazelli and Michael Nellen. We have another great show for you today, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at the SLScreamers underscore pod. We're going to hit the show off with some news and notes from around the world. Pretty much just going to cover the Champions League this week. Uh, we have the midweek games coming up. So we got four Premier League teams playing. First off, uh, we got Chelsea and Juve. Um, Juve is the only unbeaten team in that in that uh, group. They got 12 points. Chelsea is second with nine. So pretty much both teams are battling for first place right now. What's your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, it's obviously going to be the decider. I mean, whoever comes away with these three points, if it's, if it's Chelsea, it's going to be an interesting finish. Um, Juventus, automatic qualification at that point. Um, so it's, it's definitely a big match. Humber, Stanford Bridge, hard to see Tuchel not learning from his mistakes, but Juventus is a good team you don't want to sleep on. I, I think Chelsea um, nabbed this one at the end, though. I think Chelsea have been in a pretty fine run of form, especially after this weekend. Juventus, too, if I'm not mistaken, they won over the weekend as well. Um, and from reports coming out, it seems like Dybala might be getting a new contract, so maybe he'll mm -hmm. be happier. I kind of see them sharing the points at Stamford Bridge. Um, Juve got the win, if I'm not mistaken, in the first game against Chelsea at home in Turin. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling that they might have the opportunity to steal some points here. Yeah, especially with a couple injuries to that Chelsea front line. No Lukaku for the most part. Um, Kai Havers apparently just picked up a hamstring injury, so it's going to be kind of a makeshift in and out front three for Chelsea most likely. Mount just back in the lineup and Pulis is the same. And Werner. Uh, is Werner back or is he is he outside? He's projected He's projected to start. Um, he was back in training, so I, I think he gets to nod this week, understanding that, you know, God forbid, you don't want to hope someone gets injured, but if something did aggravate again, you roll Lukaku in the wings who started training again as well. So I think this – this importance of this match is not going to be lost on Tuchel. I think he's going to he'll help play Pulisic and, and Werner. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to go to Chelsea win. Can't, uh, can't let the boys down. <laughs> Next up, uh, the same day, we have Villarreal hosting Man U. Both teams are tied for first. Uh, Man U won the away fi or the reverse fixture. Uh, Ronaldo, 95th minute winner, was one of the games he saved Ole's job. Unfortunately, that's we'll get to that later. But um, <laughs> both teams are tied on seven points, and I think Man U just has the head tags. I think uh, Villarreal actually has the goal differential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I would love to bet, you know, Manchester United, and I'm kind of learning my lesson here the more I do it. So they just lost Ole. You, I'm not sure if obviously they're going to have an interim manager most likely for this game. They're probably going to hire somebody. I don't know what the game plan will be, what it should be, but Villarreal is a, a pretty good team. They're pretty well drilled in general. Um, I kind of get the feeling that Villarreal either gets a draw or a win here. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not United gets the, uh, the old classic sack, not sack bump. That's a bad sentence, but <laughs> whether you see a bump in performances after the manager, you know, leaves the club, they're talking about, you know, I think it was Fletcher or Carrick or, or someone coming as interim well, manager, but yeah. yeah, everyone on that team is playing for their, for their, for their future at that club at this point. I mean, you can maybe pick a handful of players that are safe and one of them's Veron, one of them's Ronaldo who showed up in the middle of the year and, Outside of that, probably Bruno Fernandez. So, I th I think you're going to see a different type of fury with this Manchester United team. I also think, I mean, it's no secret you don't bet against Cristiano Ronaldo in uh in the Champions League. So, all that being said, I think they'll come out a little less flat-footed than we've seen them in the past couple of weeks. And I, I think Manchester United um probably comes away with all three points in an albeit sloppy, but they'll do enough. 
I got you. I'm going to take a 1-1 draw on that one. Uh, yeah, I believe in the the manager sacking, the bounce back kind of performances. But um, Villarreal, I think, is going to be very hungry for some points as well. So, And, you know, late loss, a little revenge game. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Liverpool hosting Porto. Liverpool, uh, they've actually played each other quite frequently in the Champions, Re- Champions League recently, I think three of the last four years. Mm-hmm. And Liverpool has a 4-1-0 four, four, record versus them since and uh, coming off a big win against Arsenal. Yeah, it's about to be 5-1-0. Yeah. They're arguably the most informed team in the planet at this at this moment in time. I mean, even Bayern just lost. They were my favorites, I think, at this point now to win the Champions League. Even they just lost against, I think it was Augsburg, who they haven't lost to in like almost three times in, I think, the last 100 years or something like that. <laughs> like something absurd. Um, I mean, that, that front line for Liverpool is doing what they were doing the year they won the Champions League. They're doing what they did when they won the Premier League. They are firing them all cylinders and i'm sorry porto just doesn't have enough to stop them i don't think you have to have a really bad off day for liver if you're liverpool to not pick up all three points given the form they're in agreed five one and oh yeah settled and then last on <laughs> last on the sheet we got man city hosting psg obviously probably the most talked about fixture in the group stages i think up to this point in time so uh man city's got a very slender lead one point ahead of them yeah I kind of get the feeling because, you know, obviously Ole got the sack and there's rumors now coming out too that Pochettino might want to go to the Manchester United job. So part of me kind of thinks how invested is he really in this PSG team? Not to say he doesn't want to win the Champions League, not to say he doesn't want to beat Pep Guardiola. But um, I don't know, given the way Man City has been playing recently, if they're going to be able to get the ball from them. Um, I mean, Man City's playing so, so well currently. And um, I kind of just only see a Man City win in this game, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, Messi's off the mark in League One finally. Uh, it took a little bit longer than I think anyone in the world would have ever predicted. But um, it does feel like they're starting to mesh a little bit more. But I- I'm with you, Mike. I mean, Pep Guardiola is the only guy who can play without a striker for two years and still be considered probably one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world at almost any point in time. Um, he obviously knows. He obviously knows what he's doing. This this Manchester United Manchester City team, although they might have lost that first leg against PSG, I thought they were the better team for a vast majority of that game, and I think they were unlucky not to get um, something from that match. I think this is going to be a little bit different this time around. Um, I believe it's in the Etihad this time too. No, it's in Manchester. Correct. Yeah, they're hosting. Yeah, Manchester. I I think I think they'll end up splitting the points. There's just there's just too much talent in that PSG side to not see to, for me not to see them score at least one goal. Um, and I don't, I don't know how many chances are really going to be thrown back and forth between these two guys. So I think it's, you're going to see like a one, one or two, two game, uh, game here. Yeah, it, it is tough to call. Cause like, like Mike said, the locker room situation at PSG right now is definitely all the reports coming out of there from the news. It's, it's, it's not as good as it should be. Pochettino possibly one foot out the door. They already reached out to the Sedan from what I understand um, yeah. to, to take over just in case, uh, Poch does leave. So we'll be interesting to see. But then again, I mean, just the front line that they have is insane. I, I, I'm taking the draw here as well. Um, let's head over to our Stars and Stripes section where we, head, where we uh, cover the, you know, standout United States men's national team's performers uh, across the world. First up, the man in the mirror, Christian Pulisic, uh, comes on as a super sub, in 20, got 29 minutes in, scored a goal, could have had another goal, another assist. They're ruled out for offsides. Does he look like he's back? I mean, just the eye test, the two international games plus this. 
I don't know if he's back, but he definitely looks like he's hungrier than when he was before he, he took that injury. I mean, he he's always he's always been a runner. He's been a maximum effort type of guy, and that's why you love to watch him play, you know, mixed with that pace and that dribbling ability. But three games, and he's looked good in all three of them since coming back. He's probably going to get the nod in that Champions League match. I mean, good for him. That was a big goal against um, against Mexico. That was a big goal against Leicester for his confidence. I, I think Tuchel has, has a little bit of confidence in him again. It's it's really good to see. Yeah, I just hope that he's able to obviously stay healthy because that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing in particular. And maybe it's managing his minutes a little bit better and not making him do like a full 90, but doing what you can to protect him. So hopefully yeah. he keeps him warm. That hard-nosed Italian defense in Juventus is going to be a good test of that fitness, especially coming right back from that injury for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's tough because he does play a lot like Eden Hazard does, and we saw how much he used to get tackled in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. Anyone that just drives straight at defenses, Pulisic plays very, very similar. He's just going to go right at defenders, and that's why he gets fouled so much. It's got to, it's got to take a toll on the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got Jordan P. Folk, another substitute coming. Uh, who got on the score sheet? Twenty six minutes played for Young Boys heading into the Champions League this week. Got the goal in a one nothing win for him. United States men's national team uh, looking looking uh, looking out for him. I hope so because yeah. I not to go down a rabbit hole, but you know the one striker was not a good in my opinion play to have just one all-on-out striker so hopefully he comes in and it's good to see him scoring goals so yeah I think he definitely deserves a look into the team especially after uh Josh Sargent has been floundering obviously Jesse Zardes was hurt and he's not really the future Uh, outside of that you really just have Pepe, uh, Pepe who you know who hasn't been amongst the goals the last three games he's played for the team and I know he's a young guy and he probably will bounce back eventually but uh it's good to have that second option and watching people doing it in European League and in the Champions League is I think to me a, a telltale sign that that Greg needs to start looking him into the team more often agreed agreed and then last up we had Anthony Robinson and uh Tim Reeb did their usual performance for Fulham cruised to a 4-1 win I feel like they are the absolute just great pairing for them on that, yeah. that left side of the, on the on the defense right now it's almost like every week we talk about the stars and stripes we we mention them in some some type of form you know um they're fulham's been playing great this season so i don't want to just say it's all down to them being you know kind of stalwarts in the back there but they've looked good all year very good all year yeah might be the first time you actually haven't mentioned brendan aronson in a very long time yeah well yeah <laughs> Let's head over to the weekly recap. We're going to head over to the uh, Premier League games from this previous match week and just kind of recap them for everybody. Uh, first up, Saturday morning, Leicester nil, Chelsea three. Could have been way worse of a scoreline. Chelsea had multiple goals disallowed. It was pretty much an absolute slaughter, in my opinion. Um, exactly what Chelsea wanted to see after an uh, international break and the exact opposite of what Leicester wanted to see. They've been shaky with their performances. They kind of feel like up and down. They have a big win, another win or another draw, something good results, and then all of a sudden – Bad loss, and then okay, and then bad loss again. So, very tough. What's your guys' kind of take on them right now? Yeah, I'm starting to ring the alarm bells a little bit if I'm Leicester City. Um, I you lose to Chelsea, arguably top five team in the world at the moment. You know, it's understandable, but draws at Leeds who are struggling. You draw to Spartak Moscow at home before that. You lose to Arsenal who just got absolutely annihilated by Liverpool, and then you have to go to penalties in the EFL Cup against Brighton. I mean, it's. It hasn't been a, a good month for them, clearly. Um, I think there's enough talent in that team that I'm not too worried about it. But if I'm Brendan Rodgers, it's time to shake things up a little bit, start giving looks to guys who who look like they want to be playing and giving it their all at all times because it's not it's not working for them at the moment. I mean, right now, they're currently sitting, as of today, in 12th place, 15 points, 
four or not four, but um, if you want to like look, take the top four, which is still pretty open, right? Mm-hmm. They are what they're eight points off of West Ham. Off West Ham, yeah, exactly. Like for a team that's been consistently in the European spots the past couple of years, definitely to Vito's point, alarm bells should be ringing at this point in time. Yeah, they got a couple of big matches coming up though for, to turn things around. I mean, um. So I mean, let's let's hope they can do it. I I I like Brendan Rodgers. I love what he's done with that team. I love the way the style and brand of football he has been playing. Jamie Vardy seems to be ageless, and Pat Sandaka looks like he might be. It's time to start stepping up. Um, but it's it's just like you said, it's just at the moment they're in a rough patch. I think they'll pull themselves out of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting to see. Then we head over to Ashton Villa two 0 to Brighton. Or 2-0 Aston Villa, my apologies. Yeah, 2-0 Aston Villa. Uh, Stevie G's first game in charge, got up and running with a 2-0 win. They left it pretty late in the match. Um, there were a couple decent opportunities for both sides in this match, and the goalkeepers really, really stood out. I think uh, Emilio Mar- Martinez had a, a very, very good game in net. Aston Villa, despite only seeing about a third of the ball, I think it was overall, they, they did enough to generate the win. I mean, they had more shots, and they did more with possession when they, when they did have the ball. It came down to an Ole Watkins uh, brilliant solo run in the box, and he curled one uh, past the keeper in Brighton. And then from there, it was icing on the cake with uh, with Tyrone Mings coming in the 89th minute. So very good start, up and running for them. I think that was a much-needed win that that um, that sees them propel up the table a little bit. So it's it's good to get a little breathing room from the bottom bottom half there, or bottom relegation spots. Did you get – I don't know how much you've watched any, like, Scottish football, if at all – how was he his manager style over there at Rangers and stuff was were they more of a counterattacking team that just gave away possession and then kind of I, I'm honestly not too no, sure. No, he he was he was more expansive and over in Scotland. I think you have that ability when you're you're playing with Rangers who I mean they had an invincible season. You can't can't have an invincible season playing counterattacking football. I think Very he had true. a humming, but you know, no no disrespect to the Scottish League. It's it's simply not the Premier League. Any of the teams in relegation right now would potentially be fighting for the top uh, space over there, you know. Um, while Aston Villa this week got the win, it wasn't an overall convincing performance. I mean, yeah, he had a couple of days in charge only, so you can't, you know, you can't abide by that. You can't, um, you know, make any assumptions off of that. But um, I think it's going to be similar to what Brendan Rodgers did when he took over at Leicester City. It's just going to take a little bit of time for that that methodology and that expansive style of football to really take hold in this team who's not maybe particularly used to playing that so frequently. Gotcha, gotcha. Let me head over to uh, one of the games of the week, I would say. Burnley 3, Palace 3. Yeah, it was a hell of a game, to say the least. A lot of goals in the first, like, 60 minutes is what it seemed like. And Benteke had a brace. Uh, Cornet had a pretty sweet volley. And, God, what a signing he's been for Burnley. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they're going to have any opportunity to stay up in the league. A lot of it's going to come through him, in all honesty. Um, he's, he's been a player and a half for them. It's been a good game, general. Good game to watch. And Crystal Palace now extends their unbeaten streak to seven games. Also, the only team in the league, I believe, with seven draws. Um, story of their season, yeah. right? Uh, draw on games, kind of tough learning lessons. Um, but yeah, Crystal Palace again. I think it's a shared points, good points for both teams. So, yeah, it's nice to see Benteke getting on the score sheet with two goals. I feel like a lot of times you watch that Crystal Palace team, you're just like. You can tell he's just starved of service a lot of times. So it looks like they're getting the ball to him more frequently and it's, it's paying dividends because he's, he's a good poacher. He's a good number nine. He's strong. He's in the box. You know what I mean? He can make things happen, hold up play. So um, I think he's part of the key to releasing Cornet a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, uh, fun fact too, um, there's only five teams in the Premier League right now with a positive goal differential. 
We said it was a pretty top heavy league. Crystal Palace are actually one of them. And that's the other top four teams, Chelsea, With Man plus City. One. <laughs> plus one. Yeah, they're hey, but they're positive. Yeah, I guess you go, you know what? Given the fact that there's only like five of them, I'm gonna put Wolves in there. They have a flat, a zero goal differential. I, I gotta give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> they've had well, I was gonna get to that later, but they've had an excellent uh, ascending up the up the table. Yeah, I mean Arsenal too. Although Arsenal had a little, little bit of a hiccup this past weekend. Yep. Uh next up. We had another big 3-3 game, Newcastle and Brentford. Heartbreak for Eddie Howe. Uh, they, Newcastle drops the points. Probably could have won the game. They looked probably their best going forward, I would say, throughout the season so far. And now they're in last place because Norwich won. So it's going to be interesting January for them. I don't know exactly how much cash he's going to have um, to kind of just flash or if they're going to start selling off some people to create some funds for maybe a drop and then come back up. What's, what's the situation going to go over there, but they definitely need to bolster, bolster the squad and um, credit the Brentford finally getting a little bit of a result. They've been in a little bit, you know, dire need for some points after a hot start to the Premier league. So uh, any takes on this game? Obviously, I think I said it, what, a week or two ago when I said I think Newcastle is going to pull themselves out of the relegation zone and end up like 15th, 16th or so. And this is, I think, in my opinion, a good a good example of it, the Eddie Howe effect. He comes in, they score three goals. They haven't scored three goals in a game all season. As a matter of fact, they've only ever scored two goals in a game twice so far, and one of them was against – what they only got one point out of those games too. So um, three goals is – a big accomplishment for them. That's a well, well-placed performance. I think they'll start cleaning it up in terms of dropping points at the end. Obviously they're going to come up against some big boys, but I, th- I see this as a positive for them. I see this as an upward, an upward tick compared to where they were trending for most of the year. Okay. Okay. We head over to uh, Norwich two one against Southampton. Yeah. Almost a little bit of a smash and grab, to be honest, Norwich eight shots, Southampton 17, and then also 37 percent percent possession for Norwich versus 63 for Southampton come away 2-1 winners big win for them in the battle of relegation they now sit in 19th place eight points um, those are the types of games that they're going to have to win and they're going to have to mm-hmm. get some point out of if they want to have any chance of surviving so it's good for them uh, for Southampton probably unfortunately one of their more likely to be relegation I don't say candidates but um, probably in that dog fight realistically as a team that could potentially be jumped um, you know it's it's a loss um, there um, one decent I'm sorry it's a loss but overall in the past five games they've been a pretty good run of form so I wouldn't say I'd be looking too much into it but something to just worry about if they're losing the games like that so you think this kick starts Norwich a little bit mm, that's I, I that's two wins in a row that's two wins I, in a row after I, not one all year. And we said if they were going to stand a chance, they had to win the next five games because it was Brentford, Southampton, Wolves, and Newcastle. And they got their two for two so far. I want to see the rest of these games right now, how they play out over time. I wouldn't – I still think that they're – unfortunately, I think they're a shoe-in for relegation. I'm with you, unfortunately. If they can – I I mean, I don't see the pick it up maximum points by any means of the next couple of games. But if they somehow manage – nine out of 12 for the next four they give themselves a hell of a shot at least because typically relegation what are you looking at like 30 to 38 you're safe yeah 30 to 35 points it's like questionable like you're in that range 38 to 40 you usually get safe if they can get to about 17 over the next couple weeks maybe right before january they give themselves more than enough of a shot to to be able to pull it off yeah um, sorry go ahead 
No, 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 I'm saying I'm with you guys though too. If I had to pick one of the teams, that I think they're definitely it right now to go down, unfortunately. But so over the last couple of years, um, starting like even at 2017, the team that's avoided relegation for three years in a row got 36 points up until last year when they only needed 29 points. So 35 seems to be the mark. 36 seems to be the mark like that area. I mean, yep. yeah, they they win a couple more. What's that? Nine, nine plus, yeah, 17. Get them halfway there almost if they were able to yep. pull that off. It's quite, it's, it's possible. And especially after the dismal start that they had, never know. Yeah. Two big games. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Then we got Watford. Well, what a game this was. Watford four, Man U one. Ole is no longer at the wheel. And it's because he drove the bus into a pond, a lake, an ocean, honestly, the, the black hole, whatever you want to call it at this point. Um, poor Ole, man. I, it breaks my heart because especially at the end of that last game, you knew the sack was coming. And I don't know if you guys saw the footage of Bruno Fernandez Bruno, standing out yeah. there after he was apologizing to the fans. And he basically was saying, it's not his fault. It's ours. And for him to say that it's, especially with the comments he had earlier in the year, him and Pogba both had, um, you know, you kind of start, you're kind of starting to believe it. I mean, a lot of the players on that team underperformed. It's not like players were performing and they weren't getting results due to bad tactics. Brasford looked garbage. Fred was garbage. Um, I mean, just there was a lot of people on that team not playing up to their pedigree, but nonetheless, it was time for him to go. Yeah. United, that game could have been worse. They gave up a PK in the opening eight minutes. They had yeah, saved sorry. it. It yeah. was retaken. He saved it again. That could have been 1-0 in the, in the opening eight minutes. I mean, it didn't take very long for them to get going again. Joshua King scores. Mali Sar scores, who's been terrific for them all year. And then two stoppage time goals. Um, Harry Maguire. Another Didn't guy, he, he he might put his hands in his, his ears to, tell, to silence all the haters, but he comes out in the very next game in the domestic league and gets two yellow cards and gets sent off, you know, um, during a 2-1 game at that point. So it, it was it was time. Uh, it would be interesting to see who takes the helm. Rumor is Zidane, but like you guys just said, they're talking about Manchester United. At, I'm not, sorry, not Manchester United, uh, PSG at this point. But we'll, we'll say it's – it's not looking good for them at the moment, but there's still time for them to come back um, unless what, unless West Ham can keep up the form they're running in. Yeah, definitely, you know, three or four weeks too late with the sacking and all that. Yeah. Um, be curious. I'll be interesting to see what they do afterwards, but, you know, it's they had to make the decision. They had to rip the Band-Aid off. It's unfortunate because Ole is a super cool, nice dude. He's a good dude in general. Yeah. He can only take that team so far and – he just doesn't seem like that kind of personality and that type of guy also to like really rile somebody up, like especially in that halftime when you're losing or something along those lines. I think whatever personality they bring in has to be, you know, almost like that Conte type who they probably should have got when they had the opportunity who will like yeah. take no shit from these players. And Do you think it was a lack of respect? Because these big name players think, making all that money? It was a lack of respect. I think it was players too comfortable. I think it was people. No motivation. No motivation. It was people who are too comfortable. Yeah. Not getting pushed the way they should be pushed. Yeah. Do you think he was ready for the Man U job? No. Not at all. I don't think he gets another opportunity in the Premier League, in all honesty. I, I think maybe he gets an opportunity, potentially, like a relegation team or like a high-end championship team. But I don't see him managing another large Premier League team at all. I don't know. I I would 
at the moment, I would have to agree with Mike, but I, I can't help but thinking about all the similarities between this and the Moyes situation. And look where Moyes is at now. Look what he's done. I mean, clearly there's an issue going on with the board. If you just run through four managers who all have a history of success for the most part, well, not Ole, because he basically got the starting job there. Um, and everyone's running out of town. And now Louis Van Hall's managing Netherlands, who are just absolutely on fire. Um, you, ha- you have David Moyes, obviously, on fire with West Ham. And Jose Mourinho is is starting to turn things around back at back at Roma, and that's saying something. So I like to think that I think he could do it. I don't think his tactics were ever terrible. I just think his players always, always played like crap for him. Always. There was no pressing when he wanted them to press. I mean, hard he wanted a midfield signing and he he basically didn't get anybody. They got lucky they got Bruno, but I th- I will Mike, I don't think he'll get a chance in the Premier League again, but I think he will have success abroad. I can see him like in um Maybe like League One or, or Bundesliga, maybe even. Gotcha, gotcha. Then we got uh, Wolves 1-0 against West, West Ham. Jimenez gave him the win. Couldn't do it in a cold, snowy night in Edmonton. <laughs> but he was able to help him grab all three points against a tough West Ham team, top four team. A huge win for Wolves, who have slowly crept into sixth place in the European spot right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Arsenal's fifth, right? They were mm-hmm. their sixth now. Both of them were yeah. 0-0-3 to start the year off, and tables have turned a little bit. What's your guys' take on Wolves right now and their kind of revival? Uh, I think they're where – I don't say where I thought they would be, but they're definitely playing to the potential I think they have. Um, I don't think they'll stay in that sixth position. I think they'll probably, as the season goes on, regress a little bit as a team overall. But to what we've been saying, like – I've never been concerned about them as a team. I mm-hmm. think they have a really good coach in Bruno Large who's put in a really good system that works for their players. Um, and it's awesome, again, to see him and as doing really well. And that Wolves team, they, it seems like they all play for each other like in that system. So, Yeah, I'm just going to echo what Mike said. I mean, we said it, it was too early to judge them as relegation contenders. I mean, even the games they were losing, they looked very good. It was so one It was only a matter of time. Everybody. Yeah. They lost three games. The first three games were one O's. Yeah. yeah. It was only a matter of time until things started clicking and they started getting back in the goals and, and moving up. Mm. No, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, do you guys, do you think they're overperforming then or do, can you, they hang on to the last, like one of the last European spots? I think they're overperforming right now. I think they'll probably drop down to like the eight to 10 range is probably where they'll end the season in my opinion, but mm. I think they're like just teetering on like that potentially good enough to be in Europe, but not right there. I don't know. I, I don't think they're overperforming. I think the teams around them are underperforming and it's making them look like they're overperforming. I mean, Le- Leicester city, Manchester United and Tottenham and Everton are lower than I think anyone would have thought they were at this point in the season. Um, so I think if, if I don't, I mean, 19 points, six wins, five losses. That's kind of where I expect them to be at this point, I think. Okay, gotcha. Then we head over to one of the uh, more interesting games, I guess, in a, in a different sense. Liverpool four, Arsenal nil. Yeah, Liverpool just absolutely bent Arsenal over. I mean, there's just no, calm, no, no nice way to say it. I mean, they were all over, and we said it earlier. Liverpool is probably – the most informed team in the world. And it, and it showed immediately. I mean, they just completely shut down Arsenal. I think Steve, you were saying it's like Liverpool is kind of a reflection of what Arsenal want to be. And it's just not there yet. It maybe needs you know, more time, more signings and whatnot, but that front three for Liverpool, I was looking at it today. 
four players are in like the t- tied for the, between one and 10 in the scoring chart for the league. Four really? of their players, Firmino, Firmino and Jota have four. Salah's leading with 11 and Mane is third with like seven. Like they are just lights out right now. And I mean, no offense to Arsenal. Their defense was never going to be able to handle that. There's very, very few teams in the world that can. Diego's, if Diego Simeone can't do it two times in a row, I mean, it's good luck. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. See that spat though? What was that? What was that fight all about? You see that? Mane kind of apparently like went up and went for a header, and it looked like he kind of elbowed Tomiyasu. Really, he was like looking at the ball, but Arteta took it the opposite way, and then Klopp did not like the way he reacted. <laughs> In poetic fashion, Mane scored the goal. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we head over to uh, Manchester City, 3-0 against Everton. Yeah, um, I wish I could say it was a contest, but in all honesty, you know, that game could have been a lot worse for Everton. Uh, 3-1 um, was probably very deserved for Man City. They had two, at least the two initial goals were unbelievable. The Cancelo assist outside the boot to the hat, one-time finish to Raheem Sterling, and then the Rodri bomb from like 25 yards out um, left Pickford, honestly, with sprawling at air, no chance. Um, they were two phenomenal goals in two different types of ways. And after that, those goals went in. They, they kind of just put the game away. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was essentially it. So City, City had uh, over a thousand touches that match. I, I have looked at just about every match so far this year, and I can't remember seeing over 1,000 for that. I mean, that's just dominance. They were unbelievable. Yeah. Do you, I don't want to say it's too early. But Sterling seemed like probably the odd man out so far, and there was talks about him leaving. Somewhat a revival here after this game. He's looked pretty looked pretty well. Mm, I don't think revival. I think Pep knows what he has in a player, but I mean Sterling's obviously not happy, and if he's gonna if he's gonna talk about leaving the club, I don't think Pep's a manager is gonna put up with that shit. Plain and yeah. simple. I mean, he has enough other options that he has, doesn't have to play Sterling if he doesn't need him to. He has a hundred million dollar option sitting on the bench. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Pep. Yeah, <laughs> he'd sooner go back to a five man defense just to lose an attacker, I think, than than to put up with that shit. But <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, Gabriel Jesus, Riyad Mahrez. I mean, come on, he can play whoever he wants. Gotcha. I just just a little question thrown out there, maybe for my fantasy team as well. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey, 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 that was my idea. <laughs> And the last game of the weekend, we had Spurs two, Leeds one. Yeah, uh, to say the least, Leeds had a amazing half in the first half, made Spurs almost look like the Nuno, Nuno team from the past couple games. Uh, very timid on the ball, afraid to make a mistake. Uh, but then at halftime, Conte made some pretty brilliant tactical decisions, switches, and more or less told the team to push up higher, uh, make the Leeds players think faster, move the ball quicker. And it caused a couple turnovers in the midfield, which ultimately ultimately led to the first goal. And then the second goal off got a pretty lucky deflection off the free kick. But uh, Spurs come away, 2-1 winners, still early stages. Uh, but you can see, at least for Spurs, there's a plan in place. They're trying to work towards something. The international break for them probably came at the perfect time, given a lot of their players aren't necessarily on that international break, at least the majority of the starting 11. Um, so got time to implement a system and – they're moving towards something. They're now in, and I believe it's what what position? It's uh like seventh, like seventh, seventh or eighth, seventh, 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 seventh. seventh. 19 points. And they have a pretty favorable run of games coming up. So 
Um, there's a, every opportunity that Spurs can make a pretty solid run over the next couple of games. They're playing Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton, Leicester. So yeah, I, I said it when they sacked Nuno. I mean, regardless, I know they didn't look good when they've been playing, but he didn't leave him in the worst position to challenge for those top four spots. Yep. And um, are you you think this game was a little bit lucky for Spurs? I mean, there were large portions of that. Leeds looked the better team. I mean, they dominated the stat line overall as well, and it took a deflection and post job. I mean, Harry Kane had a couple 100%. opportunities he didn't put away. Do you think it's just a, a blip trying to get adjusted to the new Conte system, or do you think they're a little bit fortunate? I think they're fortunate because Leeds definitely had a couple of good opportunities besides the goal, but they were more shots of like 20 yards, 25 yards out, and they were – you know, I wouldn't say – I don't say Hugo had it covered necessarily, but he did have to work a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think from Leeds' perspective too, they're, they should probably be kind of hitting that panic button a little bit given where they're sitting, given the way that they're kind of playing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely questions to ask about, you know, their ability to have a plan B, a plan C if, like, shit isn't going well. So, yep. Got you. Agreed. Any thoughts on the Harry Kane's uh, situation? Just the uh, lack of goals and the transfer talk at the beginning of the year? I think it comes down to that, and he just didn't necessarily want to be there. But now that Conte is there, I mean, you're, you can kind of – I don't know. I feel like he, he'll he start actually giving a shit now because Conte is there. I think he actually believes there's a real opportunity because the way he responded to Mourinho too was he really bought into that system as a world-class manager, and Conte is – obviously in a lot better of a prime than Mourinho was when they brought him in. So I think he'll respond well. It's just taking time right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think he'll buy him. Sorry, go ahead. You're good. No, you're good. You're good. I was going to say, let's head over to our bold predictions uh, category. We uh, first up Arsenal versus Newcastle. I want to say Newcastle so bad. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't be the only one. Oh, I would love to say Newcastle, but now at the Emirates, it's, it's, it's too soon for Newcastle to start picking up points at a stadium like this against an Arsenal team. Um, I think they'll probably walk away maybe 2-0, 2-1 winners. I'd agree. 2-1 Arsenal just getting yeah. the form. And Newcastle, granted, I don't think they have the attacking quality to keep up with Arsenal and yeah. defensively. Pretty sure. Maybe, maybe if this was like post – January transfer window when Holland and Mbappe showed up, they'd have a chance, but. <laughs> whoa, whoa. 2023. You don't want to mess with that. All right. 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go Arsenal win too. Um, but it's going to really depend on which Arsenal, show, which Arsenal shows up though at the same time. So Newcastle could easily nick a point if they, uh, if they're looking at anything like the Liverpool game. The next up, we got Palace hosting Villa. Mm, that's going to be a good game. I like it. Um, I kind of get the feeling we're going to see the trend continue and we're going to see some points shared in this game, maybe a one, one, two, two draw. Um, I got, I don't know the way Stevie G has them playing. They're coming off the win. Um, they're probably going to be having a lot of confidence coming in. Palace is going to be palace fight for every ball, play their hearts out. Uh, to me, it's got two, two probably written all over it. One, one. So something like that. I'm going to go palace win here. Really good run of form. I think Stevie G just took over, and he's probably going to be trying to implement his his ideology, and it's gonna, I think it's going to take some time to stick. I think they're a bit fortunate to come away with those three points last week, um, especially leaving as late as they did, and Newcastle is is just humming under Patrick Vieira right now. Vieira right now. 
Uh, all right, we're gonna have three different ones. I'm gonna go Villa. Actually, I think Kyle's run <laughs> comes, right. to an end, comes to an end. Like finally, um, I don't like the way their midfield really looked too much. I know Connor Gallagher is pretty active, but the rest of the mid didn't really look um, up to par last game, and you can tell he looked sluggish. Um, not sure if that's just the the Premier League finally starting to get toll on them. Twelve games in, but um, wasn't a big fan of the way they looked. The three three draw, obviously. I mean, they grabbed the point. They're doing what they're doing, but they've been very leaky in defense lately as well. And I think they should be able to exploit it. Uh, then next up, we got Liverpool versus Southampton. Uh, who's taking that Southampton one? Liverpool. <laughs> Guess Mike's not. Okay. I don't know about that one. I'm just going to skip this one. I don't even think I need to. All right, Liverpool it is. Uh, <laughs> and then next up, we got Norwich versus Wolves. Uh, Wolves. Yeah, I'm going to say a Wolves win also. I think their attack is just too, too seamless, too intricate for a Norwich defense to keep up with. So I'd love to say Norwich here too. I really would, but I, I, I just can't. I'm going to take a draw here. Wolves really haven't been blowing people out. They're going away from home. God, yeah, I got I hope for Norwich to score though. Um, <laughs> that's the tough part. They have been lately. Pookie, Pookie's been uh, stepping up a little bit and, and tucking some, uh, some goals away. So I'll take the one, one draw on this. Okay. Then we got, I think it's the primetime game on Saturday. Brighton versus Leeds. That's the primetime game? I think on Saturday, yeah. Hmm. I'll take a draw here. I think both teams are in a bit of a of slide. Obviously, we know the struggles that Leeds have been having. And after Brighton's start, it's kind of sunken back into a familiar pattern that we've seen over the last couple couple seasons. And I know they just they played a pretty good game recently. But um, I think both teams are, are going to be fairly evenly matched with a staunch defense in Brighton and a pretty electric attack in Leicester. And I think they're just going to cancel each other out. Leeds. Like uh, goes, goes Leeds. No, no, I'm saying it's till they win. I'm saying you said Le- Leicester. It's Leeds. Oh, that's Le- yeah, Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, that being said, I think this is the game where Brighton bounces back. They win two one or maybe even two zero. And I think after this game in particular, once that win happens, you're gonna start hearing some serious talk about is Marcelo Bielsa the um, still the man for the job at Leeds. Right. So. Steve, care to make it a three for three pick? Nah, I'm gonna take the one one draw here. <laughs> You're taking the draw. I'm gonna have draws all day. Yeah, yeah. Next up, we got Brentford versus Everton. The way Everton have been playing, I, I, I don't know. Um, Brentford hasn't been so hot either, though. Brentford haven't been hot either, and I get the feeling this might be a game for both of them to share points. Maybe like nil nil one one low scoring. So we'll see. Steve. Uh I'm gonna go Brentford win. Maybe they get back on track here. I, I also just don't want to pick another draw. Um, I don't I just don't like the way everything's look. I, I don't know if um Dean Smith, right? Um he he went to Everton. No. What? No, now, where did he no. go? Dean Smith is at Norwich. Norwich, correct. About Rafa? Wow, I'm yeah. shot, dude. <laughs> um, yes, regardless, the only way they've been looking. Why do I think he just got fired from there? I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm shook right now. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Brentford win. I everything looked like absolute dog poopy lately. Yeah, I agree, but I think they've had a really tough run of it um, against City, and then they had Tottenham before that, and then a Wolves team that was back in form. Um, I know they don't look good, but I think they'll snap out of this streak here. Brentford have 
have not been instilling confidence in me um, so far. I mean, they, they, I don't think they've won a game since the opening three games of the season. It's been that long. They only have three wins. Yeah. They've been, they've been dropping points like flies. So sinking like a lead balloon. So what I hear from a gambler's perspective is they're due. Yeah. They won, they won through all three of their games within the first five games of the season. They're due. Got it. All right. <laughs> Brentford it is. All right. Then we got Burnley hosting Tottenham. Yeah. Let's see. Sean Dyche. Great defense. Who's it's actually the moral conundrum for you? Got a Burns and scoring a pretty good amount of goals too right now. Yeah. Um I I want to believe that Christian Romero will be back for this game also for Spurs. So that defense will be a little bit better. Um I get the feeling that Spurs are probably going to have a similar scoreline, two to one, the way they just played against Leeds. And that's probably what I would expect realistically. Yeah, I think it's going to be another tight affair for them. It's going to be tough to break down that defense like it always is, um, especially with Kane misfiring. But I think they'll see a way through it. I, I, I like Tottenham for the win this week. Yeah, it's fully a trusting Conte kind of call for me as well. Um, I think they have enough talent just to get Pat, just to get by. But also at Turf Moor, I would not be shocked with a draw or even a Burnley somehow masterclass as well. So, sorry, Mike. I'm actually Mike wins both ways. He he he, he likes. Yeah, he likes I was gonna in. say. <laughs> <laughs> then we got two uh, two teams opposite of form right now. We got Leicester City versus Watford. I, I don't big I loss can't. versus big win right I now. I know. I I. I'm stuck on this one. I knew this was going to be my pick of the week where I, I just, I just can see this one going any, any which direction. But if I had to choose, I think Leicester bounced back. I think United were in a terrible run of form as good of a game as they played. I think, I think Leicester will pull this one out of the hat. I want to say a one, one draw in this game, just given the way the teams have played recently, you know, I think, there's a lot of confidence flowing through Watford right now, especially given their positioning in the table. Um, Leicester, and they'll probably see a Leicester team that's floundering. I think they have a good opportunity to catch up and get pretty close to them. Um, I, I think they share the points in this. I'm going to take a Leicester win, but the odd chance that Watford does pull off three points, are we talking anything about Rogers' job security? I think, I think you start the discussion. I don't think it goes anywhere, though. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we got one of the matches of the week, I would say, Manchester City versus West Ham. Yeah, this is good. This is going to be a good one. I know Chelsea, Manchester, uh, Manchester United are this week also, but I think this is the match of the week. Um, both teams are playing extremely well. I mean, this, that's no secret. I'm taking West Ham. West Ham win. It is bold predictions. Uh, yep, I'm taking them. That's bold, but I don't have You can take them yourself because I'm going Man City. I, I don't have <laughs> against Man City right now, just watching the way they played and dissected Everton. So I, I can't see it. Going happening. for the upsets. And then last but not least, Vito already gave us a spoiler alert, but uh, we got Chelsea hosting Manchester United. Yeah, I already filled up the prediction tracker as Chelsea for all three of us. So I mean I'm I'm not arguing it, but you were taking the liberty of doing that. But um yeah, Chelsea. 
The last two times these, these teams have met, though, in, in, the, in the league have been 0-0 draws. Before that, I think, man, you different teams now at this point, but yeah, before that, though, man, you had a quite a quite a good run when Frankie, uh, Frankie Lamps was in there at, uh, at the helm, yeah, in the league. Yeah, they had won like the previous two before that in the league, but um, and even in one in the AFL Cup. So, I mean, these teams have played like 30 times, and it's 11 wins for Chelsea, 10 draws, and then 12 wins for United. So, it's neck and neck since like 2010. Gotcha. Any other kind of final thoughts uh, on the weekend? I thought we had a lot of a lot of exciting action. Um, we missed one thing in particular, not in the UK, but across the pond in France. Another player, Dimitri Payet, pelted in the face this time. I looked. I watched the video. Pretty hard by a water bottle during a corner. Why is it always? He was, the, he was the initial one too, wasn't he? Like the very first one this season. Yeah, he wasn't got a Payet the first one. He's really getting like messed up this year. And, and Marseille's had like four fights this year already. It's like week three. <laughs> really? I, I don't know how they, they're gonna have to start banning people from like the stadium at this point. Like, I, it feels I don't know like how, Italy. Empty fan empty fan uh games. I, I don't know how get them can, out of the front 10 rows. Like there's no out way out of reach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no way they can't do some type of repercussion, points deduction, something because it, at this point, all jokes aside, like you know, he was injured. He got pelted in the face with a full water bottle from probably what 20 feet 30 feet away at a bare minimum which hurts like snipe. let's put it that way like yeah it was a bullet of a shot really good throw we should recruit him for the Mets <laughs> <laughs> we could but we could I mean, use a pitcher I mean, rightfully so they called the game off but I mean they have to really do something to solve and curb that issue yeah it's it's it was funny I shouldn't say funny because you don't want to see like fighting stuff but you, you know what I mean it's like it was comical to see like a, a little scrap at the game. You know, you don't see that very often. It's like, oh, well, that'll happen. But if it happens like four, five times in the opening Every three week. months, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real issue. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Anything else? Who do you think gets the manager role at the United? Do you think they even appoint someone or do you leave a, uh, an interim manager for a little while? I think eventually it's going to be Pochettino. Um, I think he has from all reports, not the greatest relationship with the sporting director at PSG. He tried to leave in the summer and then he signed that new, uh, contract or whatever, but I still think that relationship is pretty sour. And if that man, you job is available to him, I kind of get the feeling that he's willing to burn some bridges at PSG and go do that for whatever reason, even though he has probably debatably the best front three in the world right now, you know, from a, just a pure talent perspective, but yeah, I think it's Pochettino's job to lose. So Don replace him and then Poch to Manchester United, right? The old bait and switch. That's kind of what I would expect. Yeah. What about my Carrick? Any chance you think? No, no. club legends after the fuck. No, absolutely not. I don't think Ronaldo would ever listen to, to Carrick. <laughs> Turn that one down. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't uh, see it again. That's fair. That's very fair. That'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, follow, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with Vito Inazelli and Michael Nolan, signing off.